Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, oh. and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. You got the whole crew again together this week. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, and we got Ryan and I in studio together. You've got Aaron joining us over the phone lines, and we're going to make this happen this week, though, guys. And since, Aaron, we can't physically see you because you didn't want to put your face camera on, how are you doing tonight? You know, guys, I'm doing great, and I'm just ready to talk basketball. And I think I've always been ready to talk basketball, but right now, I'm really ready to talk basketball. Ryan, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, fellas. Glad to be here, as always. Hey, so let's, let's get to it. Miss you guys, though. Miss you, too, kind of. Maybe. We'll see how tonight goes. We'll see how this goes. Oh, right, 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 right. We'll see how this goes. After that tweet incident, and if you follow us on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons, you probably got a good taste of this. Absolute nonsense. Who won the poll? Who won the poll? Ruling of the pod. And puts out a tweet that addresses, um, well, uh, the unnecessary shade that he threw right in my way last week. And for some reason thought that he could get away with just making the executive decision to put that on the Palace Pistons Twitter page. And I mean, quite frankly... I'm the exec, so yeah. I, I was insulted. Frankly, <laughs> I was insulted, too. Um, I, I gotta believe there wasn't a single yes vote on that Twitter poll. I'm yeah. just saying, let's go check the results. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we get the results in here? Well, we, because, ha- uh, we have the results. We have the results. 61% of the people said uh, yes, yes, that the shade was necessary. My they know. My question is, um, you, know, you look at the number of votes and you tally this up. You have 17 burner accounts, Aaron? <laughs> Funny guy, dude. Let me tell you. I'm just saying the people know what the people know. And I guess the people are right in this situation. Yeah. Those people that have been riding and dying. A little Aaron apologist. Some apologists. <laughs> we'll get past that. We're, we're still relatively new to the pod. We've been around for a minute. But we'll change it. And those Aaron apologists, they'll go away. They'll see it for what he <laughs> We're just calling for you, everybody that voted yes because on I that. Can't believe, I can't believe any of you voted yes on that. That was such nonsense to be in the pod last week. I have to believe their burner accounts. There are better people than that that listen to our podcast. I'm convinced of it. I'd like to I'd like to believe we have a classier bunch. Yeah, <laughs> like do not be insulting that. our audience. Our audience who, are great people. I'm insulting. I'm frankly insulting your burner accounts. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, guys, we got to talk about something else that's a little insulting as we kind of begin this podcast for this week. And quite frankly, uh, Sports Illustrated came out with their top 100 um, NBA players going into and they did not release the top 10. They were announced 100 up to number 11. The Pistons have three guys in that mention. Um, Blake Griffin coming in at number 41. Andre Drummond coming in at 46. Reggie Jackson sneaking in at number 97. And um, before we get into the Pistons, because we got to talk about those guys and the significance of three Detroit Pistons being ranked in the top 100, I, I, 
I got to tell you, you look at these rankings, and if you haven't had a chance to do so, please take some time. Check them out. They are they're they're cringe worthy to say the least. Oh god, dude! There I'm... are several several guys that wow. were, in my opinion, and I think we have a pretty genuine opinion on this as a whole, misplaced on this list. Um, and Ryan, because of Aaron's whole shade incident and that little executive power on Twitter. He could say he's the exact, guess what, I'm the host of the podcast, and we're going to turn this your direction first. Just give us some overall thoughts on what is, you could consider maybe a little bit of a debacle what these top 100 are. I don't know, boys. I think we're kind of in agreement with a lot of things we see on here. My big bugaboo on here is uh, Kawhi Leonard at 12. I, seriously? I understand he didn't play last year, but seriously? This dude is still top three in the league. I don't care. He is. And then Draymond coming in at 13? What are we talking about here? What is going on? These are just disastrous rankings. Devin Booker at 50? Oh, I know. Oh, Devin Booker is terrible. I, I'm i looking at some of these guys ranked ahead of him. You know, Eric Gordon, Robert Covington. Like, hey, nice players and all. But Devin Booker's one of three players in the league to average 24, almost 25 points, uh, shoot 38% from the three-point line, and shoot over 40% from the field. Those other two players are, are Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. Sorry to go on that little spiel there, but, like, Devin Booker's a freaking good player, and he gets a lot of disrespect for it. You know what, though? Looking further down the list, because those guys are pretty relatively close to Devin Booker, how in the world is somebody like Drew Holiday in the top 30 coming in at number 29, yet you have Devin Booker all the way down at 50? I, that I, I just don't get. Drew Holiday is a nice player. You know, he, he really played well last year as he moved to a little bit of a shooting guard role. He stayed healthy, you know, displayed really good ability on both sides of the floor. But if you're telling me he's a top 30 player, I mean – Come on, come on. When you see some of these other guys are ranked, these guys that are all-stars, and you see Drew Holiday at 29, like who's? what are we doing here? You look at number 23, Ryan, Kyle Lowry. And looking at, he's ahead of John Wall. Lowry comes in at 23. <sighs> he's ahead of John Wall, okay? He's ahead of Gordon Hayward. He's ahead of Ben Simmons. He's ahead of Bradley Beal. Are you kidding me? My guy, I don't know what these ratings are. Another one for you. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Al Horford. Love it. But 16 coming in ahead of Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. I know. I know. Nowhere near the best player on that team. Yes, is he vitally important to what they do? Of course. And he's the man. He's a very good player. But he's not top 25 in the league. Let alone top 20. Let alone number 16. What are we talking about? This is just, there's so much wrong here, it hurts my brain. Like, there are a lot of things that hurt, and, like, this probably hurts more than anything else. Like, there's just so much. I'm looking I'm looking all the way up at, like, the 100, like, 80s right now, and I'm just seeing some of these names ahead of some of these other guys that are either at the back end or didn't make the list, and it's like, what happened? How did we get to this conclusion? There, I, I can't wait till we talk about where the Pistons got ranked because... I'm just looking at some of these players that got ranked ahead of these guys, and it's just it's mind-boggling. Well, here's the question. When you look at these rankings, Blake Griffin comes in at 41. 
Andre Drummond comes in at 46. You're telling me that both of those guys are better than Devin Booker? Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Aaron. Aaron, stop. Okay, if you want to put Blake ahead of him, I guess I can't be ter- I won't be terribly mad at that. But to put Drummond ahead of Devin Booker, come on. I mean, what are you doing? Devin Booker is well on his way to stardom. He is already a better player than Andre Drummond. Okay. Like, I on. think the fair now, I think accomplished and, more. Yes, individually has accomplished more. Okay. I get mad but, at something. Get mad at Paul Millsap being number thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Why? talk about that. The dude played like ten games last year. Like, how is he that high still? You got guys like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin that both played the majority of the season and su- succeeded, and like Devin Booker. You got all those guys that did so much better than Paul Millsap, and somehow he's at thirty-seven. Like, what was his agent? Ta- who did his agent talk to to get him so high up on this list? There's some good money flowing around, guys. I mean, Damian Lillard comes in at 15. You're telling me that Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert should be ahead of Damian Lillard on this list? Absolutely not. Damian Lillard is Portland. He is Portland. How the hell is he at 15? Guys, these ratings are just ridiculous. Let's, Let's talk about DeMarcus Cousins at 68. Let's talk about that one for a minute. Like... The guy's going to come back, and he's still going to be a pretty dang good player. And you're telling me he's at 68 when the guy before this injury was like a top 15 player? You're really telling me he's going to drop that much? I'm not buying that for a second. Yusef Nurkic Nurkic is better than DeMarcus Cousins? Really? Are you sure about that? Uh, Do you think Marcus Sol is better than uh, DeMarcus Cousins? I, I don't know with this injury. I I still think DeMarcus is going to come back and be a valuable player. Like I'm just looking at some of these guys ranked ahead of him. J.J. Redick, Jonas Valanciunas. Like, dude, DeMarcus Cousins was a, a beast before he got hurt. And, like, yeah, that's a significant injury. But he's going to have all the time in the world to come back, and he's going to be put in the best situation humanly possible to get into game form and succeed at the same time. Do not tell me that he's going to drop off the frickin' map. Aaron, I, I, you want to get Aaron's blood boiling, Ryan? Let's do it. Aaron, I'm going to read off some names for you, okay? Kent Bazemore. Evan Fournier. Kelly Olynyk, Fred Van Fleet. I know where you're going with this. Jamari Carroll. Ow. I'll give you Dirk. And then you get... To Reggie Jackson. Oh, the disrespect. Those names in front of Reggie Jackson. Can you just give us your raw emotion reaction? So, like, I was looking at this list while we were talking. And I I, I told myself I wasn't going to read this list. But, like, when we decided to do it for the podcast, I'm like, all right, probably should take a look at it. Right? So, I'm looking at this list. And I see Reggie Jackson at 97. And I'm first off, I'm just like, there's no way Reggie Jackson's the 97th best player in the league. And I'm like, how are there that many players ahead of him? At least give me something. And I see Dirk Nowitzki next. 55-year-old Dirk Nowitzki is a, is a better player than Reggie Jackson? Come come on. Like, I don't know what else to say besides come on. Because like, this these rankings are so... I don't know how they're based. How you get Dirk being better than Reggie Jackson. I don't know how you get Damari Carroll. I don't, I don't understand. Like... What was 
what was the ranking for these? Like, how do we come up with this? Because they make no sense whatsoever. Reggie Jackson at 97 is laughable. Kent Bazemore, like, the dude averaged, the dude averaged 13 points and three and a half assists per game and can't shoot. He doesn't spread the floor. And he played for one of the worst teams in the league. And he's at 91. And Reggie Jackson, who went healthy, the Pistons were a very good team with. And Jackson was a good player. And he was an effective player. Kelly Olynyk is better than Reggie Jackson? Dude, come on. Let's, let's skip 40 spots ahead of Reggie Jackson, Ryan. Tell us what we're looking at here. Coming in at 57 is the legend. Ricky Rubio. <laughs> right. How? Right. Don't get me wrong. I have nowhere near the man crush on Reggie Jackson that you have. <laughs> All right. God. Settle you're, down you're there. Your man crush is so palpable. But oh even I agree. What the think hell about, is Ricky Rubio doing ahead about, of Reggie Jackson? Think about Aaron, Stanley Johnson, Reggie Jackson in the same room together. All right. All thinking is boing. Aaron would wow. All right, so we're getting absolutely doing a little bit too much there. All right, stop. I'm looking at. All right, all right. So let's settle down there because I think you guys are getting more out of this than I am. Um, yeah, this list is just there's so much wrong with it. There's way more wrong with it than there is right with it. If you get what I'm saying there. Um, yeah, but like Jeff Teague at 58. I mean. Nice player, but he's 30 spots better than Reggie Jackson. All right, yeah, no. Uh, Jamal Murray at 55. Jamal Murray's a pretty darn good player. I'm looking at 54. Jamal Murray's better than Dario Saric. I mean, he's better than some of these guys that are ranked ahead of him. Kristaps fall all the way to 52. I mean, Derek Favors at 51. That's tough. Derek Favors at 51 and Devin Booker's at 50. You're telling me one spot? Is the difference between Derek Favors and Devin Booker? Come on. So here's here's a question, guys, that I think is interesting. Blake Griffin came in at number 41. If he was suiting up for the Clippers this season, where would he have come in at? Oh, he's 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 in he's in the top thirty for sure if he's with the Clippers. Does playing for Detroit have that negative of an effect? It absolutely does. Look at look at the way the media switched up on Blake Griffin. After he got traded, you had one piece on Blake Griffin that was semi-positive, and everything else was like, Blake Griffin's no longer a fit in today's NBA. This is the Pistons putting themselves, you know, in a really bad position by trading for Blake Griffin and acting like the guy is is like on the back end of his life rather than the back end of his twenties. Um, it Blake Griffin became a negative context when he got traded to Detroit. Because when you look back last year, I believe Blake Griffin was, was ranked in, inside the top 30. It might have been inside the top 25. And statistically, his stats did not go down whatsoever. They improved. They even improved. He added an outside shot to his game and was healthier this year than he was last year. So all I'm saying is there's, there's a hype. There's either a hype that comes with being a Los Angeles team player, or there's a negative context that comes with being a Detroit player. And I think from understanding the Detroit market so well and seeing how 
the Detroit market has been treated uh, over our over my life that it's definitely more so this is a negative context of being a, a Detroit player. So Aaron, guys, we talk about you know Aaron, you mentioned there was you know a little more wrong than right done with this rankings, and I think we've kind of all laid out several examples of why we would agree with that. But let's take a look at where each of the Pistons do rank. You've got Blake Griffin again at 41, Andre at 46, Reggie Jackson in at 97. And Aaron, I'll go back to you to start. Just looking at those rankings, would you consider those to be pretty fair? Would you consider... And obviously you're going to look at some guys in front of Reggie Jackson. We already know your stance. But... The first of two questions I have regarding this are, at least for Blake and Andre, what's the fairness level of those rankings? I I think both of them should be higher than what they are. Because when I look at the guys that are ahead of them, you know, Mike Conley missed all of last season, and he's at 36. You know, Blake Griffin missed 20 games, and he dropped to 41 and is labeled as an injury-plagued guy. And when both healthy... Blake Griffin's a better player than Mike Conley, right? So, like, Blake Griffin could be there. You know, I think Andre Drummond is equally as good as Clint Capella. And Clint Capella's all the way up at 35. You know, Jason Tatum is ranked ahead of them. And Jason Tatum, he obviously was amazing in the playoffs. And I'm a big Jason Tatum guy. But he's at 39 after one season in the league ahead of both Drummond and Griffin. I think both of them should have been and should have had a higher ranking than what they were given. Um, but, you see, the thing is, at the end of the day, and I know I just spent however long we've been talking about this, probably a good 15 minutes, you know, bashing this and getting upset about this, but at the end of the day, these rankings just, they don't have an effect on the season itself. So, you know, now that I've, I've gotten that out, I've vented, I, I feel pretty good, and, like, this just really doesn't bother me anymore. No, I mean... Positionally, I don't like that DeAndre Jordan is ranked better than Andre Drummond. I or don't Blake. agree with that at all. Um, but I'm not necessarily mad at uh, Andre Drummond's ranking. 46, that's about right for him. I'd say so. He has to prove it this year, and I think, I hope he will. Uh, I'm not mad at that. Blake Griffin, I do think he should have been a little bit higher. Um, but they're just going based off his declining. No, like his age and how he's just not able to stay healthy. And that's what they're going off of. Mm-hmm. And then once again, I agree. There is a huge bias against Detroit. Obviously, we know that. I've been around for 26 years in this city. I know there is a media bias against Detroit because it's not flashy. So, of course, Blake Griffin got shafted in the rankings for that. I mean, yeah. and the, thing the, is, se- the second L.A. decided to give up on him was the second his stock plummeted. So... No, that's what it is. Well, you look at, in fairness, kind of a trend in Blake Griffin, right? And he's not trending upwards. Now, he's not. Maybe the decline is being oversold. I do think you make the uh, fair point of when L.A. gave up, you put the air quotes around, when he gave up, when L.A. gave up on Blake Griffin, that's when the NBA, quote-unquote, gave up on Blake Griffin. That's not totally fair, but it's accurate. The thing is, I'm a Blake Griffin stan. And as a Blake Griffin stan, I gotta say, is he declining? Or is he just revolutionizing revolutionizing his game to where his body's at now? So, like, the thing is, the thing is, I wouldn't say Blake Griffin is, like, getting better. He's not. But he's also not getting worse. 
like you said, he's just revolutionizing his game to fit today's NBA more. And like he's pretty damn good when he's in the when he's in the transition of changing his game and like learning to be more of an outside shooter, he's still a pretty damn good player. He's not pretty high. He's developing that outside shot. It's coming along very nicely. He's become much more of a ball handler, a solid passer. He's a much more well-rounded player. But the superstar flashiness is how hard he can dunk and how high he can jump. And that's not quite there anymore. And that's what makes him look like he's declining. And sure, that part of him's declining. But the rest of his game is on the... Really, it's a revolution, I think, for Blake. And I think the, I think the whole NBA will see that this year. I really do. Starting to transform his game he, a little bit. He has to. Absolutely, he, he has does. to. You look at Andre Drummond coming in at 46. And, you know, I'm a little bit more on the same page as you, Ryan, than uh, maybe Aaron saying that Andre should be ranked higher. 46 is probably on the low end. If you would have told me that Andre came in at about 41 and Blake had come in about 35, then that's probably where I would have expected that to be. Um, but Andre at 46, there's a stigma around the league, around the city, that he's you know a lazy player at times. And um, Andre has not done enough with how hyped up he's been and the kind of numbers he can produce to show to the league, hey... I can be a good 2020 guy, not a garbage cleanup 2020 guy, right. if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely it does. I agree. I absolutely agree. I don't think you're wrong with that at all. So uh, so there's a little look into the Sports Illustrated Top 100, three Pistons in the Top 100. Obviously, Aaron gave his thoughts on Reggie. We all kind of agree. Um, Aaron would probably put Reggie in the Top 15. Ryan and I would probably put him in the Top <laughs> all 50. Right. But all right. That's for another day. Um kind of basing off this list, but then looking around the league, in the last several weeks on the podcast, we've talked about candidates for MVP, what the guys on the Pistons have to do to you know get them to the playoffs. We've talked about different guys around the league and expectations centered around free agency and trades, and you look at Kawhi, you look at LeBron, but I want to take a minute to look at the NBA as a whole and identify one guy that maybe each of us could come up with as a breakout player, not just in Detroit, but just around the league. And this is a guy that can go from good to great. This is a guy that can go from mid-card right up to the top tier, moving on from that you know early fight on SmackDown to a pretty good slot on Monday Night Raw kind of move. We could take this a lot of different directions, but thinking about a breakout player or a guy that can significantly improve his standing in the league, Aaron, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so if you follow my work, you know there's a guy that I'm pretty high on that just hasn't done it yet, and that's D'Angelo Russell. This is a guy that can score the heck out of the basketball, has a really good three-point shot, um, and ultimately I think is going to have a very good year in Brooklyn. What I'm really excited about is the potential for him to play some minutes at the two and work him off of the ball because that's going to give him the opportunity to work off some screens, kind of like Joe Harris did for them last year, and get some nice catch-and-shoot three-pointers. Um, obviously he's still going to spend a lot of his time at point guard. He's a great ball handler. Uh, he can distribute the ball. He's got to be a little bit more efficient doing that, but I think that with a good 
good point guard to work with in Spencer Dinwiddie. I think those two can mesh very well. Um, and I think D'Angelo Russell is a guy that can kind of make that Victor Oladipo jump when it comes from, yeah, he's a decent, you know, maybe secondary, third-level player where this can maybe be your guy because Russell's still very young. And last season, he was playing extremely well before he got hurt. And then he came back and was just trying to work his way back into a rhythm. But before he got hurt, he was putting up 30 and 10, you know, 25 and 8, just shooting the lights out of the ball. And Brooklyn was a decent team to begin the year, mainly because D'Angelo Russell was balling. So I think D'Angelo Russell's got a lot of talent and a lot of potential. And I think Kenny Atkinson is a guy that can help unlock that. I think working with guys like Spencer Dinwiddie is going to help that. Ultimately, D'Angelo Russell is a ball handler. Absolutely. But the way Brooklyn's team is built, when you have some other guys that can handle the ball in Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, um, in Shabazz Napier, you got these guys that can kind of alleviate some of that pressure off D'Angelo Russell, and you can unlock him as a super scorer, which is something I think he can thrive at. Um, so I'm really excited to see what D'Angelo Russell does because I think he still has a, a an immense amount of potential. All right, so for mine, there's no real basis behind it. I was just a big fan of this uh, draft pick, and I liked what he did last season. Um, and I think what they're doing on this team is starting to put together a nice little big three that could come along. My pick is Frank Nielakina. Ooh. I do enjoy him in New York. I think with a healthy Kristaps Porzingis, you're bringing in Kevin Knox. Uh, Trey Burke is back to being the old Trey Burke. Love that. See him take the next step this season. I really like the way his game works out. I love that draft pick when Phil Jackson made it. I thought that was great for the Knicks. And I just I think he's gonna take off this season. Not become a superstar this season, but I think he takes that next step from that mid card action. He gets his call up. I like it a lot. Frank Nilakila from the clouds, man. Oh watch <laughs> for him this year. Watch for him this year. Player. Player. Him, Kevin Knox, and Porzingis might actually do something in New York. Who knows, because New York basketball is kind of cursed. And watch Neil Keenan now get injured for the rest of his career. Well, that's if Chris Dobbs comes back this year. He might sit out the entire year. Uh, I know that's true. But if he does, what, even even without him, I still like Neil Keenan. Yeah, to that for sure. Step. He's going to have but, a nice opportunity. But with uh, Chris Dobbs, it only makes it just more of a chance yeah. that it happens. I'm sorry. I like the way that early on big three, it's not a big three yet, but it could become one as time goes on. I don't know. I like. I just like everything about Frank's game. I expect That's him to take. take off this year. Good dude. take, and I Ryan expect over him here. to take off this year. Dang. You know, mine's a little bit more. You could consider it a generic pick, if you will. Uh, but there's a guy last year, averaged 20 points, nearly four boards, nearly four assists a game, led his team to home court advantage in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs, and that's Donovan Mitchell. You're really going to do this. I am going to do You're really going to do this. You're lucky I'm not there right now. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a legit top player in the NBA this season. Last year, a very highly regarded rookie, and I think there's now, there's comes in at number 34 on the SI Top 100, for whatever that's worth. Not and much. A lot of people are going to look at the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and go, do it again. You've got LeBron in the West. Do it again. Earn a top four seed. Come on. 
so, so like Devin Booker, I mean, I'm sorry, Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of him. I wanted the Pistons to take him. That's dude. You're asking for a pretty big leap from a guy that had such of an anomaly style rookie season. He already had a really like outstanding rookie season. It's asking for a pretty big leap for him. I think he can do that, and like I'd be really happy to see him do that as a fan of the NBA. Maybe not as a fan of the Pistons. Sorry, Luke Kennard's still gonna be a ball player, guys. But I don't know if he's got. I don't know if he can make like that superstar jump this year. I, I think that might be a little too much. Listen, he has an opportunity because when you look at a guy that got such praise as a rookie, he's Utah will always fly under the radar in the Western Conference, right? But the way people regard Donovan Mitchell as. Yeah, he's the best player or maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the West if they are really good again this year. I don't know where people going into the season really view Donovan Mitchell. I mean, 34 on that list, are you kidding me? Didn't crack the top 30? I think that Donovan Mitchell has the ability to make a jump to what Giannis was last year, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo got that praise of, like, this is the guy. He is the future of the Eastern Conference. He is the future of the NBA. And I think a huge jump for Donovan Mitchell would be for him to jump to that stage uh, in, in his career. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like it. I'm, I like it. I don't think you're wrong. That's It is a big leap. Um, he's going from being a sensational rookie to superstardom at that point. Uh, face of one of the faces of the NBA, really. Would you consider and, Donovan Mitchell a current face of the NBA? Not yet. No, right? No. And I, that's I but think that, he that's, can get to that point. If based off the season he put up last year, that's kind of his next step. I don't. I don't know if you disagree, Aaron. No, like like but, I like I said, I think he's a superstar. Like I think he's going to be one. Might just. I think it might take more than just this season to get there. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see as we continue on this offseason grind and we get closer and closer to the NBA season. But, you know, kind of in closing, we have one more topic to get into, right? Time in the clutch, fourth quarter. That's where we're at in the pod. That's where we're at now. And um, there's a question that arose, and Aaron had brought it to the attention of the podcast crew, and it's a good one. Fourth quarter for your Detroit Pistons. And maybe, Aaron, you can refine this to be how you want it to be tailored. The fourth quarter for your Detroit Pistons, someone needs to take over in the clutch. Tie game, up a couple, down a couple, four or five minutes left. Somebody's got to take over. Who is it, Aaron? Okay, so, like, obviously – the, the main answer is Blake Griffin, right? And I'm going to let you guys talk about him because, like, predominantly it's going to be Blake Griffin. But I think it's I think it can be Reggie Jackson. I look back at what Reggie Jackson did in the 2016-2017 season when the Pistons made it to the playoffs and Reggie Jackson was, a, was an all-star level point guard. I look at what he did in clutch situations. I look back at games like Phoenix. I look back when he dropped 40 on the Portland Trailblazers in a major comeback to get the win. And I see a guy that in the big moments, he rises to the occasion. And he goes from somewhat of an inefficient shot chucker at times to this guy's getting that bucket. He's getting to the basket. He's hitting you with that step back. 
and he's just going to do it. Like, you can try to stop him, but he's got that swagger, he's got that confidence, and he's got that skill level to where in those big moments, he's just at, he, his game his game rises. And, like, you can run a 1-4 pick and roll with Reggie and Blake, but you, and, and your primary option could be Reggie Jackson, and we want you to get to the basket. We're using Blake as kind of like a, a side piece in that situation. We're gonna, we, we can kick it out to Blake, or if Blake is rim running, maybe we can go up top to Blake. But we're trying to get Reggie that, that lane to the rim, right? Because I think Reggie Jackson, in those big moments, like I said, statistically in the fourth quarter of games in the 2016-17 season, when he was actually healthy, the dude was tough to stop. He was really, really tough to stop. So, Aaron, you really think that Reggie can be that guy? Now... He points Ryan to the 2016-17 season. But I know for me, my most recent memories of Reggie Jackson in the fourth quarter is games that the Pistons needed a bucket and you're getting a 19-foot long two from Reggie Jackson that rims out. You're getting a garbage floater from about 9, 10 feet away from the rim that ends up short. You're getting what's too crafty of a pass to Andre or to dish out that gets taken away. And for me, now granted, Aaron points back to 2016-17 when he's fully I, I want to clarify that real quick. It was 2015-2016 uh, season, so a year yeah, before that. Okay, thank you. Because that actually didn't sound right to me, but Aaron, you know, is supposed to be a credible source. I'm clarifying it right now. You know, they say when you give out information, you should verify with at least three sources. He didn't verify those sources. No, he didn't. Not at all. <laughs> but anyways, so Aaron's now looking back to 2015-16, like pretty much a century ago. <laughs> and the most recent memories of Reggie and Warren we're in lockstep, buddy. We're taking, same as yours. We're taking open additions for new co-hosting roles on the Palace of Pistons podcast. If anyone's interested, just contact me. That's singular because you're sticking up for a 2015-16 Reggie Jackson. This is 2018 now, buddy. We've got to move on from that. Most recent memory is what Brendan and I are bringing up. And I can't trust that Reggie in the clutch. I'm sorry. Everything needs to go through Blake. Even if he's not taking the shot, he has to be the one taking it to the hole and kicking it out to Kennard or Bullock for that spot up three. I'm sorry. That's what it has to be. Or if he takes the lane... And then it's Reggie cutting. Something. Anything. Reggie can kind of finish at the basket now. He still can finish at the basket now. Let's face it. But everything has to go through Blake. Am I wrong, Brendan? Am I wrong? No. Not one bit. Aaron, you got, like, phone calls coming through on your end? Yeah, you know, popular guy. I'm a popular guy. I'm a train of thought there, buddy. Okay, so what I'm saying is, like, again, like I said before I even started talking about Reggie Jackson, like, Blake Griffin, yeah, he's the guy. Not really a question. But playing devil's advocate, Reggie Jackson can be that guy too. All right? That's all I'll say. Hey, don't, don't hate on me. Don't hate on me because I know you guys like to do that. You're trying to create like this negative aurora around me. Aurora? And, and negative aurora? It's an aura, my friend. An aura. Oh. If you are going to do a podcast, you have to learn to speak English Properly. So again, open auditions. Just contact me if you're yeah, interested. Open auditions. Aaron's out at the Palace of Pistons. No longer here. New editor in chief, Brendan Johnson. Oh, oh we're doing this. We're doing this. Aaron, 
Aaron kicked off the old, the thing he when created. Ryan, when Ryan was um, so kindly talking about Blake Griffin taking over in the fourth quarter, your phone started ringing. I was about to go, Aaron, school is in session. Turn your phone off. But then we just <laughs> kept going. And then Ryan put on another lecture. You just finished your second hour, buddy. School is in session. Here on the of business. Hey, hey, let's just let's just do another poll. Let's just do another poll. We'll see. We'll see who's got me. Ryan threw an Aaron proper. Yes, yes, it was. That was proper. I'm not. I know my people got me. I know my people got me. <laughs> it's such a loyal following. They'll see one day. They'll see. It's a matter of time. Maybe we're an acquired taste. I don't know. I think we are an acquired taste. But what I do know is that Aaron, last point to finish up the pot. Sure. Pistons invest in Blake Griffin. The Pistons have made Blake Griffin their face. Everything goes through Blake Griffin now. And in the fourth quarter of games, you go to the guy that is your, per Dom Gores, superstar. Well, that's fair. I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I was just playing devil's advocate, and I, I, think it, I think it could work sometimes. In small spurts. Reggie can make plays. Obviously, you got to change up. You can't be too predictable all the time. And that's, I do agree with you there. But in general, Blake is the guy. And that's the end of that discussion. We're on the same page. We're on the same page, gentlemen. Good. School is officially over for today. To all of our Palace of Pistons listeners. Jesus. We appreciate everybody tuning in again this week. Love you guys. And we hope that we can continue to move you from Aaron Apologists to just some realists, to just understand the full scope of the Palace of Pistons podcast. But in order to do that, you've got to do several things. Getting verbally abused on my own pod. Jeez. You've got to follow us on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons. you got to do the same thing on Instagram, at Palace of Pistons. Go to the pod on iTunes. Subscribe, review, rate, the whole business. Tell your friends. We're building the following. It's going to be a great Pistons season. We're looking forward to that preseason camp starting up. Obviously, the regular season. October cannot get here soon enough. We're so excited for the beginning of Pistons regular season basketball. But for everybody, we appreciate you tuning in to this edition of the Balance of Pistons podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.